You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. We are sponsored by Crypto Business Conference, happening October 9th to the 11th in beautiful San Diego, California. Just check out socialmediaexaminer.com slash NFT365. And I don't have a, uh, an NFT for you today, um, mainly because, you know, some of these podcasts, we have to um, do a little bit of batch recording, which means recording multiple episodes in one day. Other times I'm recording the, the episodes actually before I'm actually, um, you know, buying the NFT. But I wanted to tap into something, you know, we host uh, on Tuesday nights, we host a superpower hour. Uh, on Twitter Spaces every Tuesday at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and and last night was a was a fun one. You know, we we did a uh, you know Drew and myself did a little back and forth on kind of the state of some of the projects. We talked a little bit about uh, Bubblegum Kids, which is a, a personal project of mine that it's a favorite of mine. I I minted them back uh, nine and a half months ago, and uh, just this week uh, their founder. Uh, doxed himself, and he happens to be uh, a fairly popular uh, NHL player. And I thought that was such a, a cool conversation that we had. Uh, and then the very first person that raised their damn hand uh, about you know forty five minutes into our Twitter space last night um, was uh, you know it was, his name is Bitcoin Izzy, and he introduced himself as a twelve year old focused on educating Gen Z on crypto and NFTs. And I was like. Such a cool little uh, conversation that we ended up having. I ended up asking him a bunch of questions about what his friends thought about it. Um, he said that you know he had his friends are very aware of cryptocurrencies and crypto is actually um, kind of the entry point. And uh, he mentioned you know for for him it was the idea that you know that you can create art. And you can add things on to something that you are able to sell to your friends and, and connect. And it was a really very cool conversation. And we ended up having uh, another gentleman uh, by the name of Michael come up. And he um, actually offered uh, Bitcoin Izzy, the 12-year-old, um, some training, some free training um, on, uh, you know, at, through his, he has a couple of uh, training locations in uh, Tampa, Florida, and he offered some, you know, coding uh, courses uh, for him. And, you know, I just love that idea of like, you know, collaboration and co-creation. And on top of that, like to me, when I think about like community and value of, you know, NFT projects or why people are getting into ones, sometimes I think we make the utility and the actual NFT like roadmap and use cases more complicated than it needs to be. And this is actually something that I know uh, is a personal uh, problem of mine. And what I mean by that is, 
Yo, I got the number of messages I got after that Twitter space uh, that we did last night. I mean, I had more messages from that Twitter space. You know, and there was a couple hundred people that were in there listening, but so many people were saying like, Brian, that's exactly what I needed. I needed that inspiration or I needed to hear from a, you know, a 12-year-old sharing, but then someone that's a complete stranger just getting up and gifting um, them services or a product. Uh, it was like, you know, they just needed to like be reminded of, of that human condition. Like the fact that we are, um, are really, we jump at, you know, to help people and we're coming together. And you know, I'll say like, for me, when you think about like the value of what we're providing with an NFT, you know, part of the, the NFT, when you first buy an NFT, let's face it, it is all speculation, right? You're, you're speculating on, is this, the money that I'm going to pay to, to mint the NFT, is it going to be worthwhile for me um, in the long run, right? Is, is what they're, and, and worthwhile to you really you know, depends on what your you know, individual goals are. But I think it's also, it's okay for us to kind of like, you know, play around. And, uh, you, know, the, you know, part of the thing with like the free mints, when, I, when I, I've said like one of my, my roadblocks mentally with free mints was that, because I wasn't paying for it, because I, you know, I was just paying gas and, um, and I was just jumping into a lot of projects, I noticed that I didn't really care about them as much. Uh, and that's a knock. You know, I'm actually wearing a Goblins t-shirt right now, and it's one of my favorite projects, which was a free mint. Um, but that one, you know, part of it was the momentum and the, like, the real like, transformation that the Goblins uh, kind of represented. But I actually looked at it and I was like, I realized it's a flaw on my side that I was actually kind of like neglecting or not looking at like true value of something that because it was free. And what I mean by that is like when I, if I, if I was, you know, getting an NFT, if I was buying an NFT, let's say for 0.1 Ethereum, you know, oftentimes I'm like researching like, what's the community? What's the utility? What's the benefits for a long time hold? Well, when I'm getting it for free, oftentimes I'm like, I sure hope the price uh, jumps up so I can make 40 or 60 or $80 on my initial mint. And I think part of that is actually how we enter projects actually will say a lot on how we value a project. And that's kind of where I wanted to kind of share here because, you know, the other thing that we were able to do is we were able to, um, you know, we gifted, a, a, you know, a one, you know, Izzy on the Twitter space, a meta athlete, right? And meta athletes is the, uh, is the NFT project that uh, Drew is the co-founder of. Uh, and I've been, you know, advising and helping out on, on that project for a good while. And it is without question, a slow burn project. Um, and we are you know, currently minting uh, the male athlete PFPs for uh, meta athletes. And then once we hit the uh, 2,500 mark, we already have worked with a female artist to add uh, the female athletes for uh, the next 2,500 uh, PFPs in that project. But I w- it actually hit me because you know, I gifted Izzy one of the, of the meta athletes. And like, if you're gifted an NFT and you show up into the Discord and you realize that every morning there's a morning uh, mindfulness practice with a, an ex-NFL player, uh, if you realize a couple times a week there are different sessions and learnings and um, opportunities for you to get to know other people um, in a, a community that are, are like-minded. And, and what I mean by like-minded is probably you, you might share the same interests, but like, I really wanted to take a step back and like, think about this from a standpoint of like, 
if how we enter a project will determine like how we like, you know, start to really, you know, document the value um, and even like how we uh, decide to exit, right? Like I, I, I know this for a fact, but like if a friend of mine is talking me into like, Brian, you should join this project, Brian, you should join this project. And then I finally join the project. The likelihood for me of actually selling that NFT um, kind of like without, you know, a whole bunch of thought is probably is a lot less than if I just like randomly discover an NFT project um, on Twitter or if I don't have a lot of friends or others in NFT projects. So this is actually where like I actually think about this as like word of mouth marketing, right? And even influencer marketing on the real value of that within an NFT project even more so than just the fact that like it's a great way to market and grow your your NFT project. Part of it ends up being if your connection point into a community is not only the value the community provides, but the people that are bringing you in, you're kind of like now like double rooted into a community. You're like, you're, and there's just something really cool about that. And I know that's with the podcast as well, right? I've had some people tell me like, Brian, I wasn't really a podcast listener, but a friend of mine kept saying that they were huge fans of NFT 365 and it was more than NFTs. You, you know, inspire, you, you motivate, you also, you know, talk about a wide range of things. And then once I listened, I was hooked. And, you know, my friend and I, we text message back and forth all the time. And, and that's actually a real, um, someone came up to me at NFT NYC and, and told me that. And it was funny because like that like bond, right? That connection with others and the fact that like someone else talked us into something and then they were right does have a lot to do with like our emotional connection to something and even our, our tolerance to kind of ride something out, right? And like, if I become friends with um, some of the NFT founders of a project and I end up buying their their NFT, the likelihood of me selling that because of like, they have to push back a deliverable a week is a lot less, right? Because I'm like, I'm gonna give them more benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna give them more leadway. I also just like, I, I really take pride. I really enjoy watching others succeed, right? Like I want to see those that like share my, my values and my purpose, um, you know, doing great things. And, you know, that's part of the beauty with, you know, with, you know, with meta athletes, part of the beauty with some of the the projects that we've been involved in, even with what we're doing here, um, with the podcast, because, you know, for so many of you that listen to the podcast and you might have ADHD coin, you might've bought into our, our mint 365, um, you know, NFTs that we sold back in December. You might be very interested in buying into our, our super powered, uh, NFTs that we'll be dropping, uh, in the very near future. But I think that the, the idea that like, if you've been coming along with us on this journey and you end up buying the NFT, like there's just something about that. Now the flip of this, and this is something that I I've been really you know, trying to wrap my head around is there's also a tendency for us to be like in, in poker, we call it pot committed, which just means that you've, you've invested so much money on, you know, like pre-flop. And then once the flop came and then on the turn that you're like pot committed and that the price that it's going to cost you to call is, is, you know, like the chance of you uh, actually hitting your card, you have so much money in there. It's like almost dumb for you to fold at this time. And what I've noticed is that if you jump into projects, let's say if you hold 10 or 15 or 50 NFTs of a certain project, your affinity for that project is different, right? Because not only are you pot committed, 
but your 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 like really your like need and your overall impact um, is is really impacted by the success of like one project. And if you look at like my personal bag, my personal um, you know NFT collections across my you know multiple wallets that I have, you know I'm actually one that you know, like I think projects. There's a couple projects that I hold. Um, you know, let's just say 15 or more uh, NFTs, but a majority of them, like if I love the project, I have about five of the, the NFTs. And part of it was because for me, like I like to get like ones that I love. Um, I also, you know, I'm buying an NFT every day, so I have to, you know, you know, watch you know, my own liquidity. But I also recognize in myself that I'm very, I'm a very loyal person. And I'm also someone that will get emotionally connected to, uh, a community or an NFT or an experience. I don't think that's uh, news to anyone that's, that listens to the podcast on a regular basis. But the other part of this that I found is that, you know, if, if all of a sudden like the, the values of that NFT project start to change or the mission changes, or maybe the, the, the public perception of that project changes, if I only have a couple of them, I can sell a couple now. I could wait it out versus like if I'm pot committed, I'm going to, in many cases, be very defensive. And, and I found that in, in some friends and, and others that, that in some cases, like we, we have to like recognize that, that that's, that's probably just like a normal human behavior, right? Where we're kind of just trying to protect, you know, our investment. And so I think the bigger, you know, kind of picture umbrella that I was really want, you know, kind of focus this project or this uh, episode on is I think we should start documenting like why, why did we, like who, who brought us into a project or why did we join this project? Like, did we find them on Twitter? Where did, like, where did we discover them? And then we also, I think one of the other things that we want to, you know, start to better understand is if you're thinking about launching your own NFT project, Think about the entry points, like how intimate or exclusive was the fact on how you got into the NFT collection. Like I will tell you, for our project, you know, as we get closer to dropping more alpha on it, you know, I'm going to release the the you know whitelist and the pre-approved list and like the initial information on the project right here on the podcast. So like if you're listening to the podcast, you know, make sure you hit that subscribe button because for me, I want to reward all of you that are listening to the podcast, even, even more so I'm going to talk about it here on the podcast, even more so before I drop it into our discord or before I post it um, out on the Twitter. And partially is because like that idea, like I want to reward those that are listening, but also I realize that if, if I give you that, you know, benefit and that access early, your, your like affinity for, you know, like, Hey, I, Brian took care of me. Like, you know, he's giving us, you know, free content with the podcast, but he, he took care of his listeners as a kind of a, a thank you for those that are uh, coming on the journey. Like not only does that build trust, but the entry point is like at a very like positive, like, uh, like I want, I'm excited because I'm a part of something really cool. And, you know, and a good friend of mine, uh, I shout out to Tim McDonald, uh, one of the best, in my opinion, uh, community builders that I've ever met. Uh, he built the Huff- Huffington Post uh, community over the years when they were doing guest bloggers and it was a wild ride. But Tim McDonald always told me, Brian, like, there's a reason that a nightclub has a velvet rope outside of their club, even when there's not a line. And then there's also the idea of like, how do you shape that line? Because 
there is something about that exclusivity, right? Like that idea that like, hey, we're part of something really cool. I also think that applies to how we join something, right? Like what is our entry point and how do we make people feel like not only are they special and they're included, but how can we empower them to bring their friends? How can we empower them to feel the need to amplify, to connect and bring others in? And I think this is actually one of those missing ingredients from projects that mint out in right away. Like if you, if you sell out a 10,000 collection right away, that like, you know, like, I mean, I, I do this all the time, right? I, I text, the, you know, a friend group I post into our discord. If I find a project that's coming out, I'm like, Hey, this is a project I'm jumping in. You guys should jump in as well. The funny thing about that is like, that's not the same as like me being in a project and saying, Hey, I'm loving this project. You should buy one. And, you know, I just think like there's really the psychology around that is really something exciting. It's something you should think about within your NFT project. That's why some projects have like a Genesis collection or like those early adopter collection or the founders collections. It's why other projects, um, you know, try to reward their most active people in their discord or the people that were there with them at the beginning. And so um, just something to fun to, to keep an eye on. I think we can we can analyze it for ourselves. We can also try to get creative ways uh, of doing it for the projects that we want to launch in the future as well. So hope that inspired you. Hope that um, got, got you thinking. Uh, and, you know, think about that for the projects that are like your favorite projects is the projects that you currently hold that are your favorite did your was your entry point different for those than the ones that you really have like no emotional connection to? It would be really interesting uh, to hear from you. As always, just you know, check us out. We're on every social channel, NFT365 podcast. I've also been posting a couple times a day over on TikTok on my personal account, iSocialFans with a Z. So check that out, iSocialFans uh, with a Z. And you know, definitely um, you know, check out our sponsor as well, Crypto Business Conference happening in San Diego, uh, California. It is definitely a unique Web3 conference. I love the commitment to Web3 education and really being a practical conference where not only are you going to be inspired and educated on ideas, but there are ideas that you're going to be able to walk away and implement. And um, I know that's the case because uh, the event that the team has put on for the last uh, seven plus years is an event that I've participated in uh, every year as well. And and their track record speaks for themselves. So like, hey, just like the podcast episode, your entry point into this conference um, is the fact that I, without question, can vouch for um, a great experience, a great conference. And, and I hope uh, I will see many of you uh, in San Diego, California, come October. But until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. This show is not financial.